Hey everyone, welcome back to Droolish. It's Wildcard Weekend. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I am your host, Joey Montano. Feeling a little bit lethargic today. I know it's been about a week since I've recorded, but in case you are unfamiliar familiar with Droolish, I apparently word flub a lot, but it's uh, I am a... <laughs> Droolish is a sleep and relaxation podcast focused on helping you fall asleep. Uh, I talk about a variety of subjects. Uh, generally, uh, for the last few weeks, I've been going in between talking about startups, or more, more so starting uh, startup ideas, and uh, football, especially football. And today is no exception. Uh, in case if you've been a long-time listener, things are probably going to be tweaked a little bit coming into next year. Uh, I know I've taken a couple of weeks uh, not really off. I kind of slowed down the recording. Uh, plus, since uh, all the holidays were on my main recording days, I feel a little bit out of sync. But fret not. I am feeling pretty good because I spent a decent amount of time uh, going through what I wanted to discuss with you guys today. Now, uh, I know I mentioned this is a sleep and relaxation podcast, and the whole goal of this is for me to just talk uh, about what I normally like to talk about. And the idea for you is to not really take me too seriously. Let's be honest. Uh, uh, The whole idea is to be kind of mildly interesting, but not interesting enough to keep you awake for the next 45 minutes, hour, hour plus. I realized pretty early on uh, in my, I'd say, career and like speaking with clients and whatnot, uh, that I have a very monotonous voice and people tend to fall asleep. So you really don't have to listen to anything I have to say. Uh, this is just mainly for context. Uh, if you have any ideas of what you want me to talk about, I am more than happy to uh, go ahead and run with it. Uh, trust me on that one. Uh, feel free to send me a, an email to droolishpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, you feel free to offer feedback, comments, and whatnot. Uh, at this point, I've gotten, I keep getting downloads, so it keeps blowing my mind. I don't know who's listening, um, but I keep getting more and more downloads, so I, pr- I thoroughly appreciate it. I'm just so confused at everything. <laughs> that being said, guys, we are heading into wildcard weekend, which means there is going to be four matches, or four, four matches, four, I won't say battles, but they're matches, uh, you know, four games, uh, and I... I'm changing up my general, um, I would say, segments, mainly because since it's the end of the season, I really don't want to do anti-power rankings for one. Uh, this is the end of the season, so that the actionable part of, use, of doing them doesn't really apply. There are fewer games, and uh, overall, I really just want to uh, review last week's games, of course, you know, part, part of the course, and th- th- let's talk about how I did over the season, and then dive into uh, the playoff picks. Uh, most of these playoff picks are going to be a bit different, and I'll dive more into that as we circle to that. But in the meantime, let's just dive straight in, guys. So, let's discuss last week's picks results. Last week's picks. Yeah, same thing. So, with Week 17, I finished with a 9-7 and seven record. Uh, so, the last several weeks, I finished above you know the 500 record. I'm actually pretty disappointed with how I performed the last two weeks. Generally, the last two weeks, I pride myself into uh, picking teams um, relative to their playoff scenarios, situations, and reading the team momentum, especially with enough information. And 
Uh, I, I'll be honest. I, I'm very, I'm very sad. Like I really thought these would be like 12 and four weeks, 13 and three weeks. Uh, you know, the first two weeks for the NFL, uh, in case you wanted to pay attention, if you, if you've been listening since, uh, it would have been 10 and six the first week and then 11 and five. And then I think the week three is kind of when it went to like crap with nine and seven. So I've had some other weeks too, where I've had 10 and 11 wins, but I figured towards the end of the season, the last few years, I thought I've really had a, a firm handle on it, but uh, I, I've not, I haven't. So, so let's just review the games and let's just see where I messed up, and let's see if we can learn from our mistakes because we're going to have a few of these games in the playoff, uh, you know, a few of these teams in the playoffs. And I spent a decent amount of time looking at trends, diving into like killer sports using like a you know sports database uh, query language, uh, and. Uh, yeah, I, I'm ready. I uh, haven't done too much like sports betting or anything over the over the last like three weeks either. Um, so uh, yeah, so I'm feeling like ready. I'm feeling uh, wily, ready, re- ready to own. Uh, in case uh, you know, I, I think I do have, have another account that I track all of my bets on. Uh, you know, on Twitter and uh, and I noticed all of my picks from for spreads uh, win like 75 percent of the time, like the whole season. So. So I have that going for me with spreads, but when it comes to pickums, and I'll talk about underdog picks too in a minute, uh, it's 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 a bit different. So, uh, so for me, I like to segment that stuff uh, because generally, you know, telling one number is not the whole story. There's usually context behind like a number or a story. That being said, first game we're going to go in order of games of last week and based on the same order that I placed them the week prior. Uh, the first game, uh, so. Before I dive into this, too, one big thing I've learned as, as we talk about the Buffalo New, uh, the Jets game is that I really need to pay attention, especially on the last week of playoff seating, because I think the Vikings game, Buffalo game, and I think it might have been like two other games where they were more or less meaningless uh, for the teams that already had like the playoff seeds. And uh, actually, th- those might have been the only two, but uh, those directly had huge influences on my win loss right here. And... Uh, and I'll mention that uh, as we get to it. So the first game was Buffalo and New York. I picked Buffalo to win against the Jets, and Buffalo I think like rested all their starters after like the first drive. Uh, this was a bad pick on my my end. I just didn't think Buffalo was actually going to bench all of their starters. I thought they had something to play for. Uh, that's that's on me. That's what I get for kind of like losing track of some of these teams, uh, probably about three fourths into the season. Uh, that, like I said, it's on me. It's probably directly correlated to the fact that uh, my Lions just haven't been doing well after you know after Thanksgiving I pretty much just shut down uh, at least paying more attention to other teams outside of like like the same four or five teams I normally pay attention to so that's a terrible pick on me I'm sorry on that one guys I like looking back this should have been it should have been not an emphatic Buffalo pick because I felt Buffalo was going to win the, the majority of the time this next game uh, I picked Cleveland over Cincinnati, and Cincinnati did win. Uh, this one, I was up in the air with Cleveland. I just thought they, would go, they were going to go out with a bang, maybe end up on a positive note. Um, turns out that um, the team completely folded. Like, the team just gave up, which is crazy to think about. And I wasn't expecting Cleveland to give up. Uh, I mean, up until last week, they still had, or two weeks ago, they had an outside chance at the playoffs. So uh, I'm very sad that they just completely just crapped the bed. Uh, Kitchens got fired. They got rid of their GM uh, afterwards. So, uh, yeah, I mean, all signs should have pointed to at least Cincinnati having a good chance to win. I mean, like, if the whole team's just dysfunctional, it's, and especially it's been like the all season, it's just hard 
logically, in hindsight, uh, that Cleveland would have strung up enough will and resolve to make this game competitive long term. But they didn't. They kind of fell off late. So I'm ready 0 for 2. That's like roots. And those are games where Yahoo had like 90% chance of Buffalo and 86% chance of Cincinnati. Uh, this next game, I picked Green Bay over Detroit. Uh, Detroit is known to be sneaky at the end of the last, like, at the last game, like, the last games of each season. Like, they tend to go all out. If you watch the game, they did bust out some cool trick plays. But uh, Green Bay is still a team I told you that they're just going to win. Like, Detroit's going to lose every game the remaining of the season. I think I said that, like, a week or two ago, maybe last week. And they did that. Like, they, you know, Green Bay was, Green Bay was behind the whole game. And fun fact, guys. Green Bay has beaten Detroit twice this week, or this year. Uh, sorry, yeah, in 2019. And coincidentally enough, they did not have a lead for a single second in both games. I'm just, I'm just letting that sink in for you guys. Green Bay has never led in a Detroit Lions game this season, but they've won both. That means they've won after time expired. They had zero, zero, zero ticks of, of being in the lead. 2-0. That is Detroit's Lions season. It's so brutal. So, I got Green Bay right. Uh, next game, I picked Kansas City over the Chargers. Uh, that was a fairly simple one, so we're ready two for two, for two. And then this is where it gets pretty sad here. I picked Minnesota over Chicago. And I, I gave you the logic behind it, too. I, I mentioned that, you know, Minnesota... Uh, I, I thought they had at least at least a playoff seed to go for, and I heard earlier in the week that they were going to start some of their starters early on. I think they just benched everyone. So uh, Chicago just came back at the very end. They barely squat, like somehow fell into victory. Uh, had like a game-winning drive, quote-unquote, or field goal in a mean, meaningless game, uh, which kind of technically hurt their draft positions because they had nothing to play for. Uh, Minnesota had nothing to play for, too, so it was a, it was a very uninspired game on both ends. Um, that being said, the game should, the game probably was a lot. I mean, if it was, if had I known that the, like this, everyone was going to be out for the game, Minnesota would be in Chicago facing all the backups. I would have been more apt to pick Chicago for the pick them. But I, I gave Minnesota a pretty high confidence in this game, so that's why I say it's a bad pick in my heart. If I generally say, oh, this is, should be like a 60-40, you know, around 50-50, I don't feel bad about picking those games, but I know I was pretty pretty high on Minnesota, especially with their minus one uh, advantage. And that was, and then after I recorded, I realized they're not starting anyone, and then I felt like I'm sure. And an idiot. Moving on. Uh, I picked New England to beat Miami. And I think everyone picked New England to beat Miami. I was very close. Not in here. Like, I don't count this as a bad pick. Um, this is like, it's a, it's a bad pick. I mean, Miami did win. New England was a huge... Uh, favorite, but the only thing I really didn't take into consideration was that uh, Miami tends to be a thorn in New England side generally, especially at the last weeks of the season, from what I've heard and read. While that isn't too much to base anything off of, um, I did mention last week in my underdog picks that I was going to pick Miami, and they were plus 600 at the time. And the only reason why I didn't pick Miami was because I was so burned by all the times I picked them for my underdog picks, despite them being close in all those games, <laughs> never winning. Um, I gave up on them, which goes directly against my philosophy of saying long-term plays, especially for a team like that, should be profitable if I can find good spots. And that would have that would have been the most profitable spot. And I botched that. Like that's on me. I did. I went against my own credo, like my you know what I plan on doing. So 
that sucks for me. Um, but New England, I, I, ch I chalked that up as a bad pick. So I'm already like, oh, I'm already had three terrible picks. I'm oh, sorry, guys. I don't, I don't like bad picks. I don't like giving people bad picks. I want you guys to win. Or if you're just listening, I just want, I just want to win too. So uh, the next game, I picked the underdog, Atlanta Falcons, to beat Tampa. And I mentioned this too. I said generally, um, you know, live by Jameis, die by Jameis, and. Atlanta just seems to be more consistent, and they've been on a roll towards the end of the season. Um, Tampa has been on fire recently, but uh, with the do-or-die, like Jameis Winston style, I thought that was going to come back to get them, like haunt them, and it did. Uh, in no time when Jameis threw that pick six. So, uh, you know, this was a close one either way. I'm glad I, I was on the right side of the coin flip in my, like, scenario that I have in my head. Like, I feel like some of these games are going to go down to the wire, and then it's just picking out who's going to be closer. Uh, so... Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm picking, I picked New Orleans to beat Carolina. I said this one should be easy. Carolina was spiraling. They won. New Orleans won 42 to 10. Easy pick. I picked Dallas over Washington. Um, this was a beatdown. I thought a little bit wary of this game, to be honest with you. Um, I thought Dallas was not going to blow them out because if they were going to blow out a team, they actually performed well. They would have done it last week or a week prior when they were facing uh, the Eagles. And, you know, they showed up against a pretty, you know, bad team. Like, Dallas played probably 100, like, 90% of what they're capable of. Washington just crapped it up. Uh, it's fortunate that Dallas couldn't be doing that all season, but uh, uh, I got the pick right, so. And, yeah, I'm okay in Dallas. I don't, I don't feel, I don't hate Dallas. I don't love Dallas. It's just, uh, they're all right. They're all right. And then the next game, I picked Oakland to beat Denver. And I am not faulting myself for this pick. I thought this was still a great pick. I love picking Oakland. Like, both teams are pretty much, the records don't indicate how, how decent they've been playing at times. Uh, Denver certainly has a, a bit better body of work compared to Oakland, especially as of late. But Oakland did uh, have a chance to get into the playoffs with like four different scenarios, and three of them actually happened. Uh, so Oakland, I think, had a lot to play for at the time. And I think, I, I mean, pretty much came down to the end of the game in a two-point version. So when you're down to like coin flips like that, it doesn't—it literally doesn't matter what team you pick. It's just saying like, what team you think deserves to win at the time you make when you make the pick. Like, the game. So I thought Oakland had enough in them to speak out a victory. They were very close. They were just a bad at pass away um, from having it. So I'm not faulting myself on a pretty close one like that. Uh, the next game was the Los Angeles Rams versus Arizona. I picked Arizona to face the Rams or to beat the Rams. Uh, this was a pretty, you know, high-scoring uh, high game. 31 to 24, the Rams win. Uh, I think Rams held control most of the game, but uh, I told you guys this is going to be pretty competitive, and I think Arizona probably wins this. Uh, I think generally like 50% of the time, so I'm not uh, too upset about that pick. I know the Rams have seem to be a, seem to have gotten their their footing back. Uh, unlike the Chiefs, where they had like a three or four week lull, uh, the Rams kind of just spiraled for about like six to eight weeks, which is a big difference. Uh, when you're when you were in the playoff hunt, but uh, they finished off strong, so it's, it's you know it's enough to say like you know whatever the sophomore slump, or not, you know, I guess Super Bowl, Super Bowl sophomore slump, uh, I would I would say has kind of gotten uh, they've gotten over that. So uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not upset about those picks at all. Those are close. They're not beat downs by any means, but I'm pretty happy with them, with them overall. Uh, and then I picked Philly. Um, his favorite over the, over the Giants. Uh, Philly just showed up. 
And I feel like they're warming up now to the playoffs, which makes them a little bit dangerous, so foreshadowing. But the Giants, uh, Xander Jones has fumbled a lot. I don't know if you guys watched the game. I only watched some of the highlights. Philadelphia just seemed to be on point. Uh, Wins, uh, again, I think I, I think Wins is a lot better than what people give him. I've always spoken you know, moderately highly of him. I don't talk about him enough. But uh, Wentz, when it comes to like his body of work, like his composure, his, like, his pocket presence, and his, his sneaky ability to uh, be mobile. Uh, it's like, uh, you know, I, 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 for me, I value that in the quarterback that's able to like, get on his feet and, and can make plays happen. And if you're a quarterback that does that, then uh, I, I, I always think you have a chance to win. Uh, I'm glad that Cole, or not Cole, that uh, Wentz is, you know, picking up, not only picking up the slack, he's been performing well all season, but he's been working a lot with, like, I think people can sing. They keep up with the streets, like practice squad players. So uh, they're doing what they can. It should be interesting to see how they how they do in the playoffs. Um, but uh, you know, at least at least they finished on a high note. They finished on a winning record. We didn't have a losing record for a division champ. They finished nine and seven, which is semi-respectable, but um, still probably going to be feeding into. Uh, I believe they're facing the Seahawks. So. Uh, the next game, I picked Jacksonville over Indianapolis, and I, this was just mainly a pick of me believing that Indianapolis is just falling apart, and Jacksonville um, and Minshew are still going to try, and Jacksonville won as an underdog. Plus, it's a divisional matchup. I thought this would be a lot closer, but it wasn't, so kind of weird. And then I picked Baltimore over Pittsburgh. Again, that was another divisional matchup, but in my heart of hearts, Baltimore is just a hot team, so hot that the rivalry, the rivalry portion and the divisional matchup, and even, even being in the playoff hunt for Pittsburgh, was not going to be enough, in my opinion, um, for Baltimore to slow down. And if Baltimore scored 28 against a very strong, I don't say very strong, but like a very mentally tough Pittsburgh team, despite their QB troubles, and, you know, their offensive troubles, uh, that's a really good sign for Baltimore. So, so uh, yeah, Baltimore, I, had, I got that one. And then I picked uh, Tennessee to beat Houston. Houston has just been on and off all season. And Tennessee, I, also I think Houston didn't have much to play for either. Well, Tennessee needed a playoff spot, so Tennessee just continued to continued to work their momentum overall and crush the Texans. So uh, I believe they're both in the playoffs now, which is going to be very, very cool to see uh, how they how they end up. Uh, I'm not too high in Houston overall, though, personally, and I'll dive into that when I uh, get there. But uh, the last game, I picked San Francisco to lose against Seattle, and uh, this one is I told you this was going to be a 50-50 game. Uh, regardless of who was playing. Uh, I think Seattle was a pretty sizable underdog, which is kind of weird to me. I know they lost by five, but we all saw the game. It's it's the classic, like, last drive, Russell, Russell Wilson or Jimmy Garoppolo thing where uh, where they took it down to the goal line. They had that uh, delay of game, which kind of made them screw the pooch. Not that it was impossible for them to score, but they made it much harder. Uh, Wilson couldn't get the job done. Uh, I still believe he can... I mean. The whole idea of a Seattle this this year, and I don't know why they don't have the same narrative as uh, the Packers. Uh, maybe it's because Wilson's been more visible, but uh, both teams just find either ways to win, like very strong ways to win, and they're always in it till the end of the games. So uh, that's why, like, when they would talk about the Packers and and they say like they're winning ugly, I'm like, dude, they're winning against very tough teams. They're not doing enough that's impressive, like visually impressive, but they're doing all the they're doing all like the little things right, I believe. Like, I feel like they're just capitalizing on all their opponents' mistakes while minimizing their own uh, to an extent. So, like, Rodgers, like, I don't think I've seen him have, like, a breakout game. You know, he hasn't 
uh, not a breakout, but you know, like a, a super awesome game. Uh, he's been solid, um, just like Wilson has been solid. But Wilson has been carrying, in my opinion, the, the team. Seattle, like, he's probably worth at least four to six of those wins that they've gotten uh, this year. So, so Wilson could certainly carry the load, but uh, but yeah, it just wasn't enough at the end of the game. Uh, but again, these are 50-50s I'm talking about, though, with Seattle and San Francisco. Uh, I'm not too upset about those. So the aside from, like, picking one, two, three, yeah, three of the first four picks that I mentioned that were being terrible, I'm not too upset about that. But I'm, like I said, for the week as a whole, I'm very, I'm very disappointed. Now, as for the season, you know, drum roll. I'm not going to play the drums because it might keep, put you awake, but... The drum roll, please. The silent drum roll. I had 145 points, which equates to 145 wins, 110 losses, which is good enough for a 56.86% winning percentage. And uh, since this is Pick'em, you know, there's like no vig, no juice for like the sports book. You know, each win is worth one point. Uh, it all adds up. I'm pretty happy with, you know, being having a winning record. I thought my record would kind of be up in like the 60 percentage, 60 percent uh, overall. Um, but uh, you know, I, I thought I'd probably have like maybe 160 wins and maybe like 90 losses. Uh, what would that be? So let's do one. Yeah, let's do 160, and I have to take like 15 win or 15 matches. So 106 to 95. In theory, yeah, around 62, 63 percent is like my my general my general goal when it comes to betting or at least picking. Now, one thing that needs to be said before I dive into the next section is that, again, these are just points that are worth one. These are, these are fun. These are just for me guessing which teams I think will win based off of like, my own logic. Uh, obviously, I finish in the 78th percentile, which I think is pretty bad. Or maybe it's good. I don't know. Um, I figure if I finish in the 1 percentile, like I, like, I don't know, like, is 78 percentile good or bad? So I'm going to double check my fans of Detroit and see where I'm placed relative to everyone in the group. Um, so my rank was 710, and my rank was 710. I was 30 points behind the group leader. But, like, how many people are in this group? That's the thing. Like, I don't know how many people are in this group. So without me knowing that, I can't even, like, get a good idea of how many people are playing. So maybe fans of Michigan. And I'm not, I'm not going to spare... I'm not, I'm not going to keep you guys all angry and waiting for me to move to the next item next item up for boots but uh, yeah so finished uh, with like a 56 56% win percentage um, 38 games above or was it 38 games above 28 games uh, about 500 so uh, again pretty happy so far and at least moving forward I can keep track of this and then next season which I believe I'm going to do this again I might change some stuff up but next year I will help to improve at least with the pick em aspect um, I mean, I'm pretty sure if I just picked all of the favorites, I would have had like a 60% win rate. Uh, but again, what's the fun in that? I want to try to find the underdogs. I want to try to find like the like the good the, like the value picks. Which, moving on to my uh, next segment, I suppose, um, is reviewing my underdog picks. And by underdog picks, I mean upset picks, underdog picks, picks that I think that sports books are providing good value for me. And for you, um, if you pick underdogs long term, and we're, we're going to do a quick review because I, I want to 
bundle this next wildcard weekend segment into one big thing and not separate that just for, um, I guess, ease for you and ease for me. So heading into week 16, or week 17, I should say, uh, what I've noticed heading in is that I was up. I came back from the depths of being down almost 10 units. And for you guys who don't know, a unit is a denomination that could be $10, $20, whatever that you decide. Uh, alternatively, in like the sports betting world, the unit's also related to a percentage of your bankroll. Um, so for me, I generally just use that as a standard uh, denomination. So, uh, But I was down almost 10 units uh, several, like a few weeks ago. Uh, my lowest point was at week 12, down 9 units. Again, it was really hard to get a firm grasp on things, losing a lot of coin flips that I thought were really good value picks. Then uh, the last five weeks, I went from minus nine to going up two units being profitable for the season. So heading into last week, I was 13 and 33. Again, being up 2.25 units, and that's the beauty. You can you can be wrong a majority of the time, but if you win, if you're profitable, hey, that's all, that, that's all that matters. You want to be profitable at the end of the day if you're, if you're going to be sports betting. That's the goal. I would hope. So, heading into last week, I picked four games. I picked Houston at being plus 165, the Jags at plus 175, the Skins at one or at plus 415, and Oakland at plus 155. So, um, Houston had nothing to really play for, and I feel terrible. That, that should have not have been a pick. And uh, had I known that, that, that that's just me being bad. There's no excuse. So that, well, I got, that's a minus one unit right there. I picked the Jags to win, and they won in pretty decisive fashion. That's a pretty big, like, pretty big win for me. Uh, so that was, I, I mentioned I only needed one win to be profitable, profitable for the season at this point. I got that win, so I'm pretty happy. Uh, then I picked Washington, uh, the, who got shellacked. I honestly thought that Washington was going to be more competitive. I thought Dallas was just going to crap the bed because they, like I said, they would have they would have shown their best foot against the Eagles, and they didn't. So that was my logic. Uh, I don't mind being wrong in that type of logic. Uh I just feel like, you know, out of, if they face each other like 100 times, I think Washington wins this like 30, 30, 30% of the time, which is very profitable considering the odds are plus 415, which means I think they'd have to win like, uh, like one out of six to, yeah, one out of five and a half-ish to be uh, profitable compared to like one, at th- one out of three you know, compared to my, my analysis. So uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate that I ended up in the universe that, <laughs> that, they're, that they're wrong in. Uh, and then the last game, I mentioned this earlier in the analysis, was the Oakland plus 155. Uh, he lost this one, and it was really just a coin flip. And, the, and, the, and these are the type of games that I like. Uh, this is the gambling part of me, because because I know Oakland had a solid chance. They were good value at plus 155, because I knew it was going to be a 50-50 at, at the end of the game. And I say new, but like I had a ho- strong hunch. And it came down to the two-point conversion. Like It's a 50-50 at the end of the game. So if you, if you were to tell me, oh yeah, Oakland's going to we're going to give you plus 155 on, on Oakland, knowing that it's going to be all on this one play, which is a 50-50. Like, the odds are generally you're going to be, like, plus 105 or, like, plus 110 at best. Okay? At absolute best. So giving me giving me the plus 155, it made sense. Um, so I'm not I'm not sweating the Oakland pick. Washington, I'm not sweating it. The Houston, I'm very upset with, with myself. Uh, I should have read the situation better. And then there was the Phantom pick, which I didn't get to do uh, when I debated this, too was Miami at plus 600. Uh, I gave the logic that, hey, like, I don't think 
you know, the spread is even going to make too much sense. But uh, there's still that off chance where Miami's going to win because they've always been a thorn on, on the New England side. And they, they had it. I, I felt giddy, but I, I talked myself out of it. So um, the season, we finished with a record of 14-36, and 36, being 22 games below 500. Again, that's not the goal here. The goal is to be profitable with a net, net profit of, yes, I got a profit, of one unit. So after 13 weeks of just kind of starting a little life, I finished with plus one units. That's great. <laughs> so, I told you, I would be profitable if I did this long term. There you have it. I'm profitable. Now, I know I'm joking around with my amount of profitability because it took me 16 weeks to, or thir- you know, 13, 14 weeks to get to um, one. But you can tell, um, I can show you my history too, but you can tell based on the history that I've had, uh, you know, starting out, Starting out, let's say, yeah, like six and twenty-one right out of the gate, and going on like a seven-game lose streak uh, is not optimal. Uh, ended up being like I started out fifteen games under five hundred and finished being uh, twenty-two games under five hundred. So uh, I lowered the losing rate dramatically, and uh, I just want to point this out here yeah. and then the last oh man, I'm just so sad because I had I was so close to locking Miami in so close if that was a plus 600 I would be plus 7 for the season because I picked Miami like 3 or 4 times before and they've let me down very sad very very sad but looking back and looking at all like the big wins that I've had I've had a big win with the Cardinals in week 16 plus 250 Oakland plus 250 Packers plus 205 in week 15. That was a big win. The Falcons in week 15 plus 405. That was a big win. Week 14, Broncos plus 375. That was a big win. Um, I lost two opportunities with Washington in Detroit back then. They were plus 600 plus. Or plus 500. Uh, And then I had a Washington and Bills win. They were plus 275 and plus 375 respectively. And then all the other wins I had prior weren't that major outside of like a week 4 Cleveland win. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I was start, I've been starting to find, like, my, my sweet spot in picking, like, good value picks. And it was something that I mentioned earlier in the season is that I really like my picks to be around, like, plus 200 or better, or I guess technically worse odds. It's because I feel like with all, like, the ones that are, like, plus 140s, 150s, not only did I lose a majority of these because like, they're underdogs for one, it's just uh, they're, I feel like they're just so, mm, I don't know, just not worth it. Like, I'd rather go for the long shot that is realistically a, like, it's like a pot shot. Or a long shot that's more of like a 40-60 or 50-50 because I know long-term it's going to be profitable. And that was the case here. So I'm happy with myself. I, obviously, if I could take away a lot of these picks. Um, week three, I had a lot of underdog picks. I'm not upset about that. I just needed to adjust. Um, I would say I was disappointed in Cleveland a lot with some underdog picks. Miami for sure. Um, but... I mean, Oakland was very well. Arizona, I loved Arizona as well. They they were a happy team for me. But overall, yeah, it was profitable. So using that, I am ready to dive into the under under the wild card ups, uh, wild card weekend picks. So earlier today, I took some time to uh, pull up uh, and create my own hodgepodge of games that I have ready that I have pre picked. 
And my job to you is, my, my job and goal is to help you find the best lines that I think are the most valuable. So I have four different types of picks I'm going to do. Um, I've been doing this most of the time, but I wanted to I wanted to add more insight and more value to you guys. In case you actually do listen to this and you do take my betting advice semi-seriously, I want to give you the, the correct context on what to do and the logic behind it. So, so I'm going to be talking about the pick'em version, which I think is just you know regular flat up, flat out. You know, if you just give me one point, pick'em. Who I who who do I think is going to win? Then, then I'm going to mention like what what's good for the spreads that are currently up. And then talk about potential upset money line picks, and then go talk about over under. I'm going to be recording these throughout the playoffs. Uh, I think it's another thing to talk about. Plus, I wanted to change some of the segments up. So I think it's a win-win here. We'll talk about like 16, potentially 16 different matchups here um, for this week, or 16 different group, uh, picks that I spent time looking for. And feel free to do what you want, but I'm going to keep track of this for myself. So let's begin. Starting with the Bills and Texans. Now, I have, the, for the Pick'em specifically, I chose the Bills to win. Uh, reason being is that the Texans have been very wildly inconsistent week in and week out. The Texans have the ability to beat some of the best teams in the league, but when it comes to, I feel like, playoff, like semi-early playoff caliber contenders, I don't know, those types of like mid-tier good teams, uh, they tend to be hit or, hit or miss. And uh, with the Bills' defense being insanely strong and I think their offensive prowess kind of not being as strong as it's been like the last month. Uh, the Bills certainly have been in a lot of these games. And I think, I think last week, I mean, they rested against the Jets and they barely lost. So, um, so the Bills are going to be well-rested, let's be honest. And the Texans, I think they rested too. But I think the Bills actually do have an edge here. I honestly think um, the Texans probably win this 40% of the time, 45% of the time. So, I, so through and through. I think Bills are strong. Um, and I looked at some of the uh, sports database stuff, and they, I think they've won, like, the last four or five, like, on the road as being an underdog. Like, they are they are war, road warriors, and all the wins that they had around the road, I think, were against playoff caliber teams. So, uh, so take that for what it's worth. Okay, Texas have been wildly inconsistent, but I, I want to stick with what, what I know, what I've been seeing, and stick with a team that's been more consistent because it's more likely, and obviously... At the end of the day, the W matters regardless of who wins. So uh, I want to talk about this right now as if I do believe the Bills are going to win. So I picked the Bills to win as a pick em. Now for the spread, Bills are an underdog. So obviously, even if I'm not confident in the Bills, and I think worst case scenario, like if this game's going to be close and how it plays out, and I think this is probably going to be like a 80-20 to like 14 or 20 to 10 or 20 to 17 victory on the Bills. Like honestly. And worst case is I can't imagine the Bills losing by more than it could be like 24-20 that's how I can imagine like Bills losing and because of that uh, that's best in my head worst case scenario uh, I think it's a highly likelihood that the Bills being plus 3 is going to be a good pick so I picked the Bills plus 3 I feel like 80 to 90% of the time like they they either win or lose by like, th- like 1 to 3 points I, I feel like in my head they're still, they might lose by four or more occasionally, and it's very plausible it might be a 24-20. But, uh, but that's what I have. So uh, I'm actually going to add this little predicts here, predicts section. I have a spreadsheet. And if you're interested in, in looking at the spreadsheet, let me know, and I'll link it. Um, 
I just don't know if anyone is actually listening to this most of the time, or they're just downloading like the concept. But my predict is going to be built like bills. Uh, I think it's going to be like worst case is like twenty four twenty, but I think it's going to be twenty. I think bills are going to score twenty, and then it's going to be like twenty to seventeen, or twenty to fourteen, sixteen two. Uh, one let's say one touchdown, three. So yeah, twenty to sixteen. I think twenty to sixteen is probably going to be an ideal score for the Bills in my head, like in my scenario. So that being said, Bills plus three for the spread. That's who I picked. Of course, the money line. If I'm picking the Bills and pick them, I I told you the Bills for the spread. I gave you the logic that I think they're actually going to win uh, flat out the majority of the time, and they're plus one twenty five. I'm taking them as an upset uh, money line, you know, upset underdog pick, like all day, every day. So I'm taking them. Plus Bills 125. Now, the last thing I mentioned too was the over-under. And I've looked at the last several games, especially Bills on the road. They've, I think they've finished like six of the last seven of being an under. Their defense is terrifying. They're facing a very inconsistent Texans team. I mean, it's, I mean, knowing me, they might lose like 30 to 10, like next week, but, or this weekend. But the over-under, it's hard. I'm hard-pressed to see how Bills could score more than, like, 24 points in a game, unless they're making, like, a lot of defensive touchdowns. And it's, I'm hard-pressed to say, like, if this game's just going to be, like, a standard game with just limited shenanigans, if everyone's at least tried to be, like, with it and they're ready. Uh, this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think Bills are probably going to score one touchdown, maybe two, with a couple field goals. I already gave you the prediction of, thir- of 20 to 16. Uh, both teams, Texas and Bills, I think they've been notoriously uh, in the under. Uh, the last couple games I looked at with uh, my sports database stuff. So the under 44 seems like a very safe bet, and I'm going to be picking that one. I'm locking that one in too. It's the under 44. So that's four picks right there. If you're going to pick them, Bills. Spread, Bills plus 3.0. Money line, Bills plus 125, obviously. Over, under, under 44. And a, or under 44. Now, I thought about just going on and looking to see what the what other lines are. I took all the odds from Bovada. But I will say... I will get a little bit weary uh, if it's probably because it's still 2019. Yeah, I, I get a little bit weary when it's like 43 points and under in this game. Like saying, accounting for like a cheap touchdown, maybe a two-point conversion. Because my, my prediction is 20 to 16, which which allows for 40, 40. I'm sorry, 36 points. Somebody another touchdown scored. You give it that air margin of error in my head. That's still going to be seven points. That's still one point under the over under. So I feel comfortable with that, at least giving you that logic. Now, uh, moving on to the next game, I have the Titans and Patriots. I picked for the pick for pick'em purposes. I have the Pats, and this is a very weird game here because I think the Patriots do win this. At, I think Patriots win this sixty to sixty-five percent of the time, which is fine, um, but. Titans are on a roll, and I noticed the Titans actually don't. I noticed the Patriots, based on the sports database, every time they lost the game, especially like, especially, uh, yeah, just any time they lost the game, especially in the last like few years, not only have they like crushed the over, they they win, they they, they just win. Now now we're talking about an older Tom Brady here versus an, versus a revitalized Tannehill. Uh, Titans defense is, is seems to be kind of like not as strong as it has been the last few weeks. They probably desperately needed to get their probably definitely desperately needed to get into the wild card weekend. Uh, sorry, to have a bye week and they couldn't do that. So uh, that alone already gives me like I don't know. I feel like that's like three to five points loss from the from the Patriots that they could have had. 
Uh, I don't think this is going to be a decisive victory. I think this is going to be a close one. Uh, unless the Patriots defense shows up. Uh, and Patriots do find ways to win, especially after a loss and in the playoffs. But the Titans are steamrolling right now. So, um, But because of that, we're going to pick them. I'm picking the pads. I already told you. I give you the percentages. They're still at home. They're going to be... They're going to be... Uh, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, that said, uh, the spread is Titans plus five. Uh, I want to see if you can get it elsewhere, but I think plus five is fine. I think trying if it's plus four or less, I'm a little bit against it. Four and a half, I'm fine with, but uh, but I think plus five is a good line. Uh, anything higher than that, always, always take that. Uh, I think the final score of this game, and this is going to be, in my opinion, a shootout. Uh, because it's going to be a shootout, I think if there's going to be a loser, it's going to be by like between like three or four points. Five points is plausible, um, but I just think it's going to be some sort of shootout regardless. So uh, I think the final score overall might be, and this this I'm not certain, but I'm going to say Pats. Pats a victory, and this is probably going to be probably like 31 to like like 27. That's honestly like my, my thought there. 31 to 27, uh, Pats. And again, Pats win uh, by about four points. I, I, I in, my, in my head, I think that. And Titans are more than capable of winning, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I think that's what the final score is going to be. I think the defense, uh, I don't know, it just seems like the Titans is still semi give up a lot of points. I think the Patriots defense isn't as strong. The Titans defense is very potent, and Patriots can find ways to score and win. So they're going to still hang in the game regardless uh, of how many points Titans score. And I just think that alone, uh, and plus both teams just tend to be more offensive, like juggernaut, not offensive juggernauts, but um, but both teams can move the ball and score. Um, finding the line at 44.5 seems pretty low, uh, to be honest with you. Even trying to imagine a 21-27 victory uh, and for, like, say, Titans. I can't imagine the Titans scoring less than 20. I can't imagine the Patriots scoring less than 20. Okay, so someone has to win the game. Likely it could still it could still be 21-24, and that's still 45 points. That's still over the that's still over what I have for my over under line too. So, um, but yeah, sorry. Uh, the Titans I have plus five for the money line. Now, I don't like picking favorites, massive favorites. I just don't. Okay, um, I try to find value picks. That that's like that's my mo. And the Patriots, I think they're they're minus. They're minus 230 right now on Bovada. Uh, that is, I think that implies that around like 35, or sorry, 65% chance of winning versus the Titans that are minus 190, which is about like 30, 33, or like around 35 percentage, which means it's exactly kind of like my initial thought of what this game was going to play out. Like the, like the Patriots win, you know, 65, 35, which means despite having a plus 290, okay, despite that, uh, sorry, plus 190 for the uh, Titans. That means my pick here is going to be well, relatively relatively weak for value. Um, now, I can see... I can look on bet online and see right now if I can find a better line to help you guys, or I'll do bet online and then... Uh, wait, I'll just do Oddshark. That'll tell me everything. So, in case you are unfamiliar with Oddshark, Oddshark is kind of like the culmination of all sports betting sites, and they'll give you all the odds specifically for like a game or matchup across different sports books. So looking at the line here, the money line for it, the opening money line was plus 174 and it's grown to as high as plus 190 for the Pats. So yeah, 
plus 194 is what you can get on bet online. That's the best one that I see. Uh, so even with plus 194, uh, if I look at the probability, like implied odds, I think that I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do the implied odds calculator. This is for you in case you guys are interested, but I like to look at implied odds specifically because it just gives me like a real percentage. So. So they are plus 190. So yeah, it gives them like a 34% chance to win, theoretically. So I think, um, like I said, this is just add it. And I feel like it's an equal EP play. I'm trying to find plus EP play, so I have to pass on this one. I'm sorry, guys, if you're hoping for a money line pick, I'm not going to pick a money line that game. Uh, it's just too close. It literally is too close for me to say who has the advantage. Now, the over-under for the t Titans Patriots, I am picking... The over at 44 and a half. I already told you this is going to be a shootout, in my opinion. I don't. I don't think the defenses are going to hold up. I think, regardless of what happens, even if the Titans have an early lead, Patriots are still going to work their way back in it. Like they rarely ever get beaten down, and when they do, uh, the scores are going to be like 28 to 40. So I not only am very confident in the 44 and a half, which I think is absurdly low, in my opinion. Um, me personally, I'm probably going to bet a couple units specifically. I usually do one unit bets, but this is that's too good to say no. Uh, the next game, Vikings and Saints. Saints are at home. Uh, my pick'em is the Saints. Uh, I think majority of the time, I think Saints win this. I think Saints win this. I think forty. I think forty percent of the time. I think this matchup is a lot closer than what people think. Uh, the Saints. Uh, like I said, if it's a sixty forty, it's going to be in Saints. I'm picking the Saints just for pick'em purposes. Now, moving to the spread. The spread here is Vikings plus eight. And I gotta tell you, uh, I can't imagine the Vikings losing by more than a touchdown this game. I can imagine the Vikings being down by more than a touchdown at a certain point, but I don't think this is the year where Vikings fold. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been known to show up, or at least at the very minimum, or this season. He's been shown showing up a little bit, and if he doesn't, the games have still been fairly competitive. Um, I don't think it's enough to justify the eight-point advantage that the Saints have. And I just, th I just think this is the wrong line. I think if you gave the Vikings like a plus six, I would be more um, nervous. Um, plus seven is where, if, if it, the line moves down to plus seven, um, that's prop, that's the lowest where I would go in this game for the Vikings is plus seven. But I see a plus eight. I see them potentially being down a touchdown, maybe two touchdowns and scoring a late touchdown coming, trying to come back because there's no way they're going to fold. So the plus eight seems a little bit off, especially given the playoff scenario. I'm fairly confident in that. Um, but I, like I said, a majority of the time, like I said, Saints are going to win this game. So I have Vikings plus eight for the spread. Now for the money line, the money line is plus 320. Now I've already told you this is probably about a 40-60, even if I give them the worst odds, like in my head, I'm like, give them like a 33% chance to win. Given them plus 320 odds, the Vikings would have to win 24% of the time to make this profitable. So I don't think the Vikings lose one out of four. I think they lose like one out of three, which means there's a good 10% vig here that's being missed. So that alone should already make me pick the Vikings. But the Vikings are plus 320. I think this is an absurd value pick. Even giving all the situations of, uh, say, pick them aside. But like, uh, there's, I don't know, there's just so many scenarios in this game. Um, it, could, like, it could easily be a super high-scoring game. I mean, it, the way I see this, it could be like 28, 27, 20, uh, 24, 28, 31. It could be 35, 31. It, this could be a thriller, for all we know. Like, the last time they played, it was nuts. It was a back-and-forth the whole game. Okay, so the Saints haven't forgotten about that, that the Miami or the Minnesota Miracle. 
Uh, I don't think many people have. There's there's some bad blood there between those teams. There, there's a bit of a rivalry in history. Uh, this is going to be a close one. That's another reason, too. It's like, this is going to be a close game. Like, there's going to be revenge. This is going to be a close game. Kirk has a lot to prove to himself, to his haters, to everyone. Like, this is this is his time now. Like, yes, yeah, screw that Monday night game or whatever that happened a couple weeks ago. Like, like he worked himself to... He helped get the Vikings record to the point to where he got him into the playoffs to where he bought himself another chance to prove people wrong. That's all, that's all he's going to do. Is he's just got to try to prove people wrong. And the moment I said Kirk was going to suck, he just blew up. So I don't want to say he's going to suck because I'm a big fan of him. Um, and I'm, I am nervous about this game, but I think, like, I feel like if I say he's going to be terrible, like, he's going to win. And I don't want to be proven wrong. But, like, if I say he's going to do good, he's going to be he's gonna be bad, he's going to be proven wrong. So I don't know what stance to take. So I'm going to play with a team method. And I'll give you a prediction right now. I know I have Saints for the pick'em, but uh, I think overall, uh, I'm very confident that despite Saints for the pick'em in real life, for the one point for the value and for the prediction, this could go anywhere, anyway. But in my heart of hearts, I think this game is going to be like, uh, I'm going to say Saints slightly here. No, yeah, Saints. Saints. This is, I think this is going to be like 35, 34. I don't have... I, but this, this game might even go into like the 40s. Like this could be 41. No, so uh, the over is 49 and a half. I'm fairly comfortable in saying uh, I'll take that over. Okay? The over under is 49.5. So I'm, very, I'm fairly, fairly comfortable that that's going to work for me. Uh, and uh, I'm not as emphatic and confident with this game than I am with the Titans. So this will probably be like a standard unit. And assume... All of my bets are going to be one unit unless if I say otherwise. So I have the Saints. My prediction. In this, so many scenarios here, and I feel like this is the most likely Saints win 35-34. But again, I think the Vikings win this 35-40% of the time. And the odds imply that they're only going to win 23.8%. So this Vikings game is a prime value pick, especially on a team that people are very overlooking. And this game is a lot closer than you think. If this isn't going to be a beatdown... I'll apologize, but I like to look for context and quality of play. If this game's close, which I believe it's going to be, Vikings plus 320 just means that at the end of the game, it's going to be like a 50-50. Again, I feel like that's what it's going to be at the end of the game if we get there. So, you, so I mean, it's a big if. I don't think it's that big of an if. Moving on to the last game. Hawks versus Eagles. I am picking for the pick'em uh, the Eagles. Uh, for, for the, for the one-offs. I think this is a, honestly, right now, the way Seattle is kind of, like, altered towards the end of the season, uh, the way the Eagles have been playing uh, the last few weeks. The Eagles are playing inspired right now. Hawks are riding Russell Wilson. So, that being said, uh, the value of Russell Wilson is always, the value of Russell Wilson will always put them in, keep them in the game. But always keep it in the game. Looking at previous matchups out in like sports databases, uh, everything implied that the Hawks, Seahawks were going to edge out like the Eagles in a lot of these types of games, especially like I think their history has proven that. Um, I should pull up the database stuff too, but um, I'm very, I'm not super confident in the Hawks minus 2.5. The pick them, I said Eagles because this is like a one off, like if I just threw whatever. Um, but no, actually, I take the back. I don't know. My pick is going to be the Hawks here. I can't say Hawks will pick them and then just go against them. Like, 
And I was like, it doesn't make too much sense. I'm like convincing myself the Eagles, but um, but at the end of the day, I just think this is a 50-50. I don't like I don't like either line to be honest with you because it's going to come down to Russell Wilson. I can guarantee you, it's going to come down to Russell Wilson driving. They might be down by one point or four points or say like yeah, four points. They're going to drive. They're going to score a touchdown. They're going to get the extra point to win by three. Like I like every scenario, I I can imagine if the Hawks win. Like okay, like the way I have the scenarios is that it's, it's either Atlanta's gonna win flat out, and the or not Atlanta, the the Philadelphia Eagles are gonna win flat out, and I think that's gonna happen. I don't know, like three percent of the time, right now, and or the or the Seahawks are just gonna win by three, and I think that happens sixty percent of the time, three or more. Like there's so the line right now is the spread for the Seahawks are, is minus two point five. I feel like the Seahawks are gonna be nearly tied at the end of the game or they're going to score like a game-winning field goal or they're going to come back from like say four points down to score a touchdown to be up by three. The Hawks are just a very weird team where they win by between like three and like six points most of the games if they win. And I think they're going to win 60% of the time here despite despite um yeah despite their situation. So um I have the Hawks minus 2.5 and the money line I put this under pass. I, d- I have no idea like why I would want to pick either team right now uh, and the line I'm looking up here it looks like the line moved too it's uh it's depending on where you're at Bovada is minus two and a half the line for a bet online is minus one and a half same odds so actually Bovada is the worst one so actually looking back on sports uh this I might actually change my two to this a lot more so I feel more confident yeah, the line moved to minus 1.5 with uh, Seahawks, like literally in the last like hour and a half. So I feel a lot better with the odds being one and a half. Now I can look at new odds for money line because this is a big difference. Um, because what went from like a big negative to yeah positive, like like favorable now. So Seahawks minus one and a half. That's money line is minus 123. The best odds if you're going for the underdog is still plus 125 for uh, the Eagles. 40-60. I told you this. I think 40-60, if I wanted to give them the Eagles benefit of the doubt, if they were to win 45% of the time. Okay. The odds of them currently being plus 25 means their implied probability of winning is, is 44%. So it's already not a... It's it's a questionably profitable play, depending on how confident you are in the Eagles. Okay? I, I think the Eagles, 40 to 45% chance of winning. The implied odds are about 44%. This is not a very big profitable, profitable play. So I'm trying to pick my sp- spots better, but I, I just don't see... Like I said, this is just too close to call, and plus 125 is not giving me like a big edge um, in this case. So I have to pass on that game. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, but like... some. I wanted to give you guys like 16 different types of picks to go for, regardless of like the situation. But uh, I, I can't, I can't pick a money line this game. It, it's just a losing play in my head. So that being said, we're gonna talk about the over/under, the final pick. Before I do that, I want to give you guys a prediction of what I think of the game is, and then we're probably backwards. Let's do that. So I think the the, Haw- the Seahawks are gonna, I think the Seahawks are gonna win. Uh, I think this is gonna be a an ugly game. Uh, I think it's going to be like 
This, this might be like a 17-9 game. Uh, like an 18. Assuming once it's for once it's good for probably one touchdown, two field goals. Maybe two touchdowns to field goal, like 17. Maybe a like 20 late game heroics thing, but I, if, if the score is what I think it's going to be, it's probably going to be like 13-17. <laughs> Hawks are going to be down by four. They're going to win 20-17, I think. Or it's going to be 14-14, 17-14. Uh, I'm probably going to earn the side of saying Hawks are going to win 17-14. I don't think this is going to be a high-scoring game at all. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. Uh, again, where prediction says 17-14 in an alternative time, uh, in an alternate timeline, this might be a 24-21 game. If you give them both an additional touchdown, 24-21, which is still 45 points, which is still half point less than the under that I have. So in my head, like most scenarios play out that the under is going to make sense. I don't like going unders because I still make me nervous the whole game. Um, the over 44 and a half, I really like for the, for the Pats. The under 45.5, I do like uh, a, good, a good amount for the uh, Seahawks. The only thing that would prevent this from happening that I can imagine, and I'm going to call this right now, is if the Seahawks get up, say, like 21-0 or like 24-3 early on. Uh, and they kind of coast into, like, the second quarter, not much scoring happens, or, you know, let's say in the second half, and around, like, middle of the third quarter, when the Seahawks give up, not give up, but they kind of, like, let, let down, they might be up, like, 24, maybe 27-3 at that point, or maybe, you know, 27-3, uh, then the Eagles are just going to score two trash touchdowns, which would be 27-41, or 14, which means, or sorry, 27-17, to 17, which makes it... Um, 44 points, and then they still might give up a garbage touchdown. They might give up, like, 21 to 20 points um, in the second half if they're up by, like, 20-plus points. I've seen it before where they let teams come back, uh, mainly because of their style of play. It's just to play defensive and just get the win. So that is my only worry, is that they'll allow, like, a creep comeback and the team won't, like, won't play all four quarters if the game becomes a rout. Uh... And I, I find it hard-pressed to see any situation where the Seahawks are down by more than two touchdowns because the Seahawks just have a tendency just to stick around. They've always stuck around all games. So this is what I think. Overall, again, I just I just gave you a scenario where I don't think or where it could get the over, but I don't think that's very likely. Um, but definitely, if you're doing live betting, pay attention to that big time. Like, seriously, pay attention uh, to the over-under. So there you have it, guys. Uh, pick them. Review, pick them, Bills, spread, Bills 3.0, or yeah, plus 3. Money line, Bills plus 125. Over, under, under 44, to, or under 44 points. Titans and Pats. I picked the Pats for pick them. Titans for the spread, not betting the money line. Over on the 44.5. Uh, next game for Vikings Saints. I'm just pick them, greatest pick them, do the Saints. The spread, Vikings plus 8. Moneyline, a strong value pick, a high value pick, because I think this is just a super close game regardless. Even if I have a pick for Saints, it might be like a one-play victory. Um, Vikings plus 320. The over, I'm fairly confident in, uh, 49.5. And then the last game, Hawks-Eagles. I uh, have the Hawks at minus 1.5 thanks, thanks to the line move. Not a, not a good odds for Moneyline, so I'm avoiding that. And then the under at 45.5. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. I thank you for like thank you very much for listening. Uh, I know uh, I will be uh, recording more episodes uh, probably next week uh, moving forward as well. I want to get back on schedule, especially now that uh, I am getting more moment, moment, more I can't even speak more momentum with the podcast um, in the sense of, of that I'm getting downloads and 
you know, I'm not going to talk about football um, after this right now. So feel free to turn this off and just let the let the background rain, rain just listen. And you don't have you can just drown me out, assuming you're still up. Um, but in regards to the podcast, uh, I I want to again obviously talk a little more about the football stuff each week for the playoffs and see how that goes. And then uh, we're definitely going to go more with the idea route. Uh, actually, create more episodes around these around the startup ideas. But um, thought about going through like different angles and hooks uh, too for different ep- for different episodes. Uh, a good example of that was where I spent like 45 minutes or an hour just saying goodnight to a bunch of different names. Like I don't know, I just thought it was funny. So I feel like I want to do more of that, like more random stuff too. So keep your eyes peeled, especially after. Uh, the NFL season. Uh, I'm still aiming to have two episodes a week, um, but if I do feel like I'm having a bit of a burnout, I'll let you guys know. Uh, the biggest reason why I took like these couple weeks more leisurely, um, mainly because one, my recording days are holidays, so I don't have any time to record. I'm just with family. And then two, uh, I think you know, doing two episodes to see where I'm at mentally and doing all the editing. I'm getting more familiar with everything. Uh, you know, it, it helps create like a schedule for me, and, and I definitely want to keep that up, uh, especially moving forward. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys very much. Uh, hopefully, hopefully your 2020 brings you all, you know, fortune and joy, and uh, money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't have anything else too much to say outside of the biggest thing I need to improve for my New Year's resolutions is that my transitions are terrible and I just need to stop having like 30 different qualifiers so that said that's again terrible one i wish you all a happy new year and hopefully you guys have great holidays and if you listen to the podcast i would thoroughly appreciate you to, to send me an email uh drewish podcast at gmail.com or just follow me on twitter just type in drewish podcast uh, i'm thinking about just updating kind of like my book of the podcast uh, try to up the quality of like visuals as well uh, i've been wanting to do the youtube stuff for a while uh, update all that stuff on youtube but i realized a lot of my content especially for the nfl picks is more topical so there's no need for me to like add 20 weeks of football analysis when um for you know most of the weeks are already gone so uh unless you guys are interested i could do that but I, i'm gonna move away from adding like, the football stuff on my youtube channel uh, because it's way too topical um that said i'm going to Try to improve my YouTube qualities. I'll put it up there. Uh, I want to get more involved in social, but I feel weird about like just talking under a brand. Like I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a guy. Like I'm just a dude that just does this podcast. So I don't know if I should be like Joey at Drewish for for my uh, Twitter, or just keep it at Drewish Podcast. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, and I can just join in. I don't know. But I feel like I'm just more of like a brand if I just have a twitter for this specifically for the podcast but I, I, but that's also a good way for people to communicate too so uh i don't know I'm just, i think i'm just overthinking this guys but that's my job to overthink and your job is to sleep take care of yourselves and dream easy